and it is what's involved yet another episode and man i've got uh, a great guest lined up for you uh at this time we're gonna we're gonna introduce you to her and find out what she does and and why do i think she's such a great guest well she's going to be speaking to things that we it's effect it affects all of us okay and uh the person i'm speaking about is taryn lee kearney hello taryn how are you hi there david i'm doing fabulous today thank you so much for asking so Taryn, you are you are known as the human connection expert and a mental health advocate. Um, let's let's start off this whole discussion with finding out a little bit more about Taryn. Tell me about Taryn. Where were you born, bred? What did you do? How did you get to where you are at the moment? Oh, fantastic. That's a great question, David. Um, I like to say that there are a lot of people in Pretoria, that's where I'm from, calls me the boom chaka laka girl. And it's because I have such a passion and high energy for people. And this all started from when um, my dad was in the hospitality industry. I grew up in the hospitality industry. He was a chef of a hotel and we literally lived in a room in a hotel. And when I was a little girl, I would move from department to department as my babysitter. So from banqueting to reception. And it was just one big happy family. And I was surrounded by people the whole time. And it started growing throughout high school when I started doing a little bit more challenging myself, doing more community work as well as public speaking. I realized that my, it started feeling my passion. I received a full bursary from um, a hotel in um, hotel school uh, for cooking because my dad is a chef, obviously, and I actually declined. It was a four-year paid scholarship, and I declined it because I knew that that wasn't what my heart was seeking. And I went into industrial psychology, and this is all about working with people in the workspace. And it was all inspired by my own mother, which was the head of, at that time, she was the head of learning and development at the CSIR. And I saw the impact that she had on people when she did training and the aha moments that they would get. And I knew for a fact that my life and my purpose was to help people in every way possible. And it also could play in the fact that I'm from Port Elizabeth. I was born there and um, it's a friendly city. Uh, but we moved to Pretoria and Pretoria is just now my home. It's always been my home and I just absolutely love the vibes in Pretoria. And that's a little bit about me. I must say, I, I agree with you on the on the Pretoria thing. I'm, I was originally Benoni. Everybody knows this. Benoni born and bred behind the Bruvos curtain. Um, but <laughs> I live now in, in, in Pretoria East as well. And I must say, it's, it's a lovely part of the world. Lovely part of the world. Um, so you you when did you start your business? Because um, you run uh, AHA Training and Development. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. So I first worked in corporate for a year. And I knew for a fact that corporate was not for me at all. I'm such a rebellion at heart and I like to just challenge the status quo a lot of the times. So this is where I thought, well, the next best thing is to open your own business. And what better way to do this than to go into training and development, which I absolutely love. And I started my business in 2015 and it's just been thriving since. And I absolutely just love the fact that we get to go out there and make a difference in people's lives and stimulate their minds and hearts for success. Because, I mean, and, and you're being very modest. I mean, in 2017, you voted uh, top 10 most inspiring. Uh, you were voted in the top 10 most inspiring women in South Africa. That's by Women of Valor. 2018, 
Uh, you were a finalist in the Hersh's Women in Business Achiever Awards. And uh, geez, what else have you done? You're currently South Africa's top 100 difference maker. Yes, that's yeah, that's correct. So um, I must say it's been quite phenomenal in how I've thrived in my business. And this is all due to collaboration with people and support from other female entrepreneurs, especially because of the fact that um, certain industries are male dominant and us females sticking together and helping build one another's confidence and self-esteem in the industries um, really, really helped me push me through to to actually enter those competitions and for people nominating me for those competitions. But my most absolutely favorite association of all time is the Difference Maker, the, the South Africa Difference Maker. And this is where we actually recognize people for doing good in South Africa. I absolutely love it. If anyone could go have a chance, go, go Google Difference Maker South Africa. It's people all over South Africa that literally puts other people first. And I mean, there's women from helping communities with education. There's other women helping with regards to mental health. There's women that are teaching entrepreneurs how to thrive in this um, tough circumstances that we are in. And, it, and they're always putting people first. And that association is absolutely incredible. And I'm so honored to be part of it. Okay, now one of the other things that you are incredibly passionate about is, is this human connection and mental health. Now, now when people talk about mental health generally, um, there's so many people that have different uh, different views on what mental health mm-hmm. is. But you took your passion um, to some extreme heights. I believe you <laughs> climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And if, I'm, I'm not even going to ask you why, because everybody I've known that's climbed Kilimanjaro, when I've said to them, why did you do it? They went, because it's there. <laughs> um, well, actually, I'm going to actually tell you why, because you? that's what... Yeah, that's good. That's what fueled it. I mean, that's what got me into um, human connection in the first place, all because of one individual. And it would have never, ever happened if I didn't climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, let me first tell you this, David, and to the audience. I'm quite a curvy, licious lady. So let's just say climbing, hiking, and camping are not in my vocabulary. <laughs> so it was quite a big challenge that I that I did this. And um the highest freestanding mountain in Africa is Mount Kilimanjaro. It's 5,892 meters above sea level, and that's pretty damn high. <laughs> so it was quite a, um, an, uh, an interesting exercise, and it took a total of uh, five to seven days to climb. But this is where I actually started realizing that we need to focus as, as a society on our mental health, and not just particularly on the mental illnesses, we need to stick together and start identifying the mental health crisis that we are having at the moment in South Africa, but not just that it starts with ourselves. And as I was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, I started noticing things about my own mental health and how it was taking a strain. And I always thought I was quite a, a sound, resilient, I had a sound, resilient mind. And it was such a big challenge, I must be quite honest. And it taught me so much, but I couldn't have done it without my guide that walked with me and his name is Charlie and um, at one stage when I was climbing the the um, ledges I actually slipped so far down that I almost fell off a, a ledge and he, he turned around and with quite a great quick fast ninja instinct 
he grabbed my hand and he pulled me back up. And from that day, I just, I, I was just so, admi- I had so much admiration for him. This is someone that climbs Mount Kilimanjaro at least once or once every week and um, someone that just keeps challenging himself but still in a way that he also supports people through their challenges and he would just talk to me about his homeland and how much he loved his wife he couldn't stop talking about how much he loved his wife and the connection he had with his own community back home And then not just that, when I came back down, I reached the second highest point on Mount Kilimanjaro, which is Stella Point. And I felt like sort of like a little bit of a failure because I didn't reach the highest peak, which is Uru Peak. And I was sobbing. I mean, I was crying my eyes out. I I came here to try and help break the stigma against mental illnesses and spread awareness. and, And I felt like I failed the people out there. And he said something so profound to me. He actually sat me down on a rock and and he looked in my eyes and, and he said to me, and no laughing, but this is true what he said, Hakuna Matata. Now, I never knew Hakuna Matata was um, obviously the, the language from Tanzania. Um, I just knew it was from Lion King. So and I couldn't stop giggling when he said to me, Hakuna Matata. And he said, um, it means no worries. And I said, I think I know this song. And he's like, everybody knows the song, but do you really know what it means? And he he looked me in the eyes and he said, Taryn, you conquered that mountain. You conquered that mountain emotionally and mentally. You conquered it. You are a strong woman and this is not going to define you. You're going to go spread the news and spread the message because it's going to inspire you. And I was totally, David, I was totally blown away. I had no words. And from that day, I truly felt the power of human connection and how we can really utilize one another to help us bring each other through tough times. And yeah, and that's why I wanted to tell you the story. It was just a phenomenal experience. And I do encourage everyone to go do something out of your comfort zone because you never, ever, ever know where it may lead you in life. And today it's led me here to this interview with you, David, where I can actually share my passion on human connection and mental health. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I, I 100% uh, am, be, am behind you in, in, in sort of stretching your boundaries and everything. But I am not going to climb Kilimanjaro. Uh, <laughs> it is what's involved. My special guest is uh, Taryn Lee Kearney. Uh, we're talking about human connection. We're talking about mental health. When we come back, we'll find out a little bit more about what uh, Taryn does and uh, why her passion for mental health. And we're back. It is what's involved. My guest is uh, Taryn Lee Kearney. And, uh, well, sure. Okay, so now we've been up Mount Kilimanjaro. I was kind of there with you. And I I think it's an amazing, amazing story. And, And I think... One of the things that I'm very passionate about and, and what, what I do in, in now as well as in the rest of my life is this communication, storytelling and, and making connections as well. But, but how, do you, how do you equate human connection, Taryn, to mental health? Is there, is there a correlation? Yes, without a doubt. Um, it's now been proven by experts around the world that the less human connection we have, 
the more draining it can be on our mental and emotional well-being. And there's been quite a few studies out there now at the moment, especially with regards to Cigna Health, and they're a global medical company. And they've actually seen how loneliness, depression, um, anxiety is tied directly to engagement, productivity, and happiness. And um, they've actually found out that it does indeed um, affect your mental health and emotional well-being if you don't focus on your human connections in your life. And um, this absolutely inspired me to find out more about it and dig deeper and, and do more research. And it comes down to the point is that we are social beings. We crave human connection all the time through human contact or through frequent social interactions. I mean, South Africa is a community that loves to bribe, that loves to get together. They they love to celebrate the holidays, um, especially with Mandela Day that's coming up. And um, I have also found that it, it defines us. It makes us human. And whether we have strong emotional bonds that ties our families together or maybe from the camaraderie of friendships or even the relationships that binds members of the work together and teams together, we need human contact. Um, and it allows us to thrive and flourish as a species. And we know that uh, as social beings, we deeply care for one another. And not just that with our loved ones, not just with our loved ones and friends, but I'd like to say also with our community um, and the human spirit that we have is absolutely resilient here in South Africa and globally as well. You would see how it came through with regards to COVID. Um, for example, the Italians, they came together on the balconies and started singing amazing, incredible songs together that inspired that through to South Africa. I mean, Cape Town, every evening, eight o'clock at night during lockdown, they sing the national anthem. And I think it's the most I cannot explain that when I see those videos and I I don't even live in Cape Town, I want to be there, um, that the goosebumps I get. So in in essence, if we don't have human connection and we are social beings, then what do we really have? And, And that is why we say it impacts your mental health as well as your emotional well-being. And obviously now during lockdown for the past three months, we've had we've been forced to practice social distancing. And this is absolutely crazy because people are starting to realize now how much they're actually craving human connection. I mean, we can't dine with our friends anymore. We can't see family members. We can't interact with our co-workers. And it's actually putting a strain on the human spirit. So much so And here's a scary fact that came up now at the moment. They say that depression has actually, and loneliness and anxiety has actually doubled throughout COVID-19. And this is alarming. This is absolutely alarming, David. It is. I mean, I'm sitting here as as you're talking and I'm thinking, you know what, I, I totally get this now. Um, from my perspective, I've always gone that, and people say to me, why, why have you been on radio? Why do you want to be on radio? I said, because I love people. I just don't necessarily want to have to see them. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm not, I'm not known outside of the, the, the sort of broadcast environment as the most sort of um, outgoing, friendly, sociable person. You know, I don't, I don't enjoy going out. But having said that, um, I always used to say, yeah, you know, I could quite happily stay at home and, and not see any people. It's great. Over this last three months, it's proven not to be the case mm-hmm. because 
as you say, we are social animals. We need that contact. And the, the whole concept, you know, I always used to laugh about uh, depression and cabin fever and things like that. Mm. It's very, very real. I mean, I've, I, I used to laugh and say, you know, people were, oh, I'm depressed. Uh, you know what? Put, put, just pull yourself towards yourself. You know, mm. back, back, back straight, shoulders back, you know, chin up and, and on you go. You know, we, we're tough. And particularly mm. amongst, amongst males, men generally don't want to even talk about it. Um, and I've experienced depression before. And um, I can tell you it's not a fun place to be. It's really not. Um, and once you're in there and once you're in that, that cycle, um, the world is a very, very dark place. Yes. Yes, without a doubt, David. And and first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for, for being vulnerable and opening up and telling us about the, your experience and your story because – what we don't realize is that vulnerability and empathy towards other people is what, and trust is what builds human connection. And depression is absolutely real. I mean, they say now globally that more than 300 million people are affected. And it actually affects more women than it does men, but men don't speak about it. So that's why we can't do research on it. And just as you mentioned, David, and what's quite interesting, me being a mental health advocate for four years and, and more, um, was inspired by my own mother that um, had got bipolar. Uh, we never thought, David, that this would happen to our family. We never thought we'd be impacted by mental illness. I mean, five years ago, I didn't even know what mental illnesses were. I knew that they existed, but I never even thought I would be impacted by it personally. And our whole life was just flipped around. I mean, we we just didn't know what to do and how to support my mom. And this is where I what I do best is I throw myself into research and I had to find out how can I support someone that I admire so much, that's my absolute biggest role model, to get through it. And, and that is why it started the journey of Mount Kilimanjaro, to show her that despite her having this stigma that she thought she had and the silent scream, that she too can accomplish anything and everything she wants. And that um, being identified with a label such as um, depression or anxiety or bipolar, it does not define who you are at all. And it's you can still accomplish whatever you need to accomplish with these illnesses. But it starts with self-awareness, identifying that you do need help and that you do need to, to push forward and receive that help. And I'm going to speak about it personally now, my own story, is that during this lockdown, I I always seem to think, no, I'm resilient, I can do this. And when lockdown came around, I'm such an extrovert, bubbly person, I need people. My husband was staying at home all the time with us because he didn't have a choice, it was lockdown. And I have a toddler, a four to five-year-old toddler, and it was just absolutely draining. And I still had to find an income or, or make an income. And not just to mention, I'm six months pregnant now currently. And I just felt that the whole world was sucking me in and I couldn't cope anymore. And I had to go ask for help. Eventually to a point where I found myself on antidepressants and anxiety medication. And never in my life, David, did I think I'd be impacted by mental illness because of the fact that of all the lessons and all the things that I've been through um, that I could actually, um, I was strong and I can manage this. 
But that's the thing, David. Um, I had to learn a lesson myself during COVID-19 is that sometimes we need to be vulnerable and say, look, I can't do this. I need support. I need help. And the best way to do that is to reach out to people um, because people is what makes us, as I mentioned, social creatures, social beings. There's crisis hotlines that you can look up. There's um, South African depression and anxiety support groups. There's mental health hotlines. And not just that, um, you can go to your doctor and ask for medication, give them the symptoms and and reach out to your loved ones. Tell them that you're not coping and that you're struggling through this time. Um, and it is this, guys, we are not in this is not normal. This global pandemic is not normal. So I don't think anyone expects you to have it all together. We are there's this beautiful quote that's going around on social media. It says, uh, we are not all in the same boat, but we are all in the same ocean. And that just absolutely hits a heartstring. And that's so true is that everyone is going to go through this COVID-19 and this lockdown period differently. They're going to experience it differently. And the way you are experiencing it is okay because that's your journey and that's your story. And if there's anyone out there that is seeking help and that that's really struggling, please have a look, ha, uh, go down to self-awareness and and have a look inside and and dig deep and 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 don't be ashamed or embarrassed to ask for help. And this is coming from someone who is a mental health advocate. I mean, I kept on saying to myself, how can I be a mental health advocate if I'm the one on on medication and 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 needing support? And it came down to a, a, a simple solution and answer because, David, I am human too. And that's what everyone needs to realize is that sometimes we're going to lean, need to lean on each other. No, actually, I like to take that back. Not sometimes. Most times we need to lean on one another for support. And my family and friends virtually have been absolutely incredible. And not just that, the medication has helped me. And that's my personal story. And, and yes, it's making me feel quite vulnerable right now. But vulnerability and stories is how we can respond to one another and how we can learn more about each other and experience the world and make a difference, possibly. I think that is absolutely fantastic. And thank you, Taryn. Thank you for sharing the story. Um, we can go we can go into this a little bit more and maybe I should share a little bit uh, about my journey during COVID as well, because I think it's appropriate considering what uh, we're chatting about now. So when we come back, uh, we'll be chatting to uh, Taryn a little bit more about mental health, uh, COVID, what's happening in the world and how we can deal with this kind of thing. It is what's involved. And we're back. My special guest is Taryn Lee Kearney. And uh, she is uh, a business owner, a CEO, she's a speaker, um, uh, the founder of AHA Training and Development. Um, before the break, Taryn, I mean, you, you did, you shared something very, very, I think, personal and vulnerable. Um, my story is, 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 is fairly similar to that. Um, I always used to think I was, I was fine, I was tough. Um, I could take anything, I could take whatever. And I've, I've literally been through to the school of hard knocks and it's just been for years now, one thing after the other that's just been smacking me upside the head. But uh, as my dear mother always says, you know, if you get knocked down, you pick yourself up, mm -hmm. dust yourself off and continue going. And eventually it got to a stage where I, I couldn't continue going because, and this was the weird part, is I just, I could not focus on anything. Could not mm -hmm. for love nor money focus on 
anything. I couldn't get anything done. I couldn't get my work done. I would sit in front of my computer screen and stare at it literally for hours. Um, when it became really bad for me is when I started to battle putting sentences together. Um, mm. And I was, I was sleeping a lot. And eventually, under protest, I went to the doctor and he said to me, you've got depression. And I said to him, that's impossible. I know what depression is. I've had it before. This is not it. I am not unhappy. And he goes, but are you happy? And I went, I am not unhappy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I also ended up, on, ended up on some medication, which I've always used to say, you know, you know sort yourself out. Um, the first time I, I got diagnosed, the medication had a very bad effect on me, so I stopped it. Um, this time, it's, it's, it was, it, what he gave me wasn't as hectic, um, mm. but it, it's taken a while. And only now am I starting to kind of feel more like me and getting my brain back. And as somebody who works in media and somebody who speaks a lot, and I've always been very proud of my, my intellect and my vocabulary, to suddenly sit and stare at an object for like two minutes going, what is the name of this thing? Or trying to have a conversation, it was it was awful, um, and I was I was I was ashamed, I was embarrassed, I didn't want to go to the doctor. In fact, this is the first time I'm actually talking about this. Um, but I think, as you say, this this can maybe help because we're all in this together, and it sounds cliched, you know. Whilst we're apart, we are still all in this together. Yes. Um, and and I, I know I know the feeling of of total isolation, total loneliness. You refer to it as a as a silent scream. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'll give you my details again as well at the end of the show. So, you know, if somebody feels the need, they need somebody to talk to or somebody to connect with, I'm there. So you can do that. Oh, but let's, 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 let's move along a little bit, Taryn. So, so you've done this, but COVID's messed all of us up. And I mean, you, you do training because you believe that learning should be fun. And it's something else we have in common. I'm, I'm, I love learning. I, I'm guilty of lifetime learning. That's what I'm guilty of. <laughs> Um, but not everybody feels the same way that, that I do. How has this impacted on your training business? Have you had to, let's use the dreaded word, have you had to pivot a lot? <laughs> yes, that is a dreadful word that I've been hearing quite a bit. <laughs> but yes, without a doubt, I've had to pivot. And not just that, I've actually, what's really, really cool is that I've seen a lot of my clients actually start opening the possibility to using technology more where they were a little bit hesitant before. And um, where they've actually started teaching their employees how to embrace technology. And a lot of people, what's very interesting is that they're starting to realize post-COVID that there's going to be less business travel and that they are, there's going to be more flexi hours and working from home. So the world that we know right now and the work environment that we know right now is certainly going to change without a doubt. And and I only hope that with regards to this COVID-19 is that people also realize the true importance of human connection and that teams will actually be stronger going back after post-COVID-19. Who knows when that is, but I do know for a fact is that um, it has impacted South Africa, it has impacted entrepreneurs, and it definitely has impacted my business. I'm not going to lie about that. It has been absolutely quite a struggle from lockdown level five to four, and a lot of things have been put on hold of companies. And, and it's also a time now where I've had to pivot my business. Yes, indeed, going online. We were online prior to this. However, we've had to be really creative and innovative in the way that we actually produce and um, engage with our learners on, on virtual platforms. 
And that's where I keep saying with my tagline, learning without boundaries. And that's exactly why I feel like I'm actually quite um, excited about what's to come. Yes, COVID-19 has had negative impacts, but it's also had positive impacts on businesses. It's pushed people out of their comfort zone to try new things, to try new um, technology, to get more creative and innovative in their business. And um, it's helped them to be more resilient and and identify who they are. It's also given them time to to practice an art of gratitude for what they have and, and their talents and embrace them. So um, I must say, with regards to the future of learning, things have definitely certainly changed. But however, this also does bring me to the fact that Zoom fatigue or technology fatigue is absolutely real. We need to find a balance between screen time and FaceTime. And it is quite a challenge to do that now with regards to COVID-19. However, finding the balance could be, for example, um, I was at a I was at a dinner the one time, and it was at a local restaurant, and there was a family of four. It was a, a mom, a dad, a older brother, and a younger sister, and I couldn't stop staring at them. And my husband would actually say to me, "Stop looking at them. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it." <laughs> and the curiosity, I cannot tell you, they were all on their phone devices, David, and now. What I found was quite really daunting to me was that even when the waiter came across to get their get their order, the waiter had to actually kind of raise his voice to get their attention because they were all glued to their um, cell phone devices. And for me, that's when it hit me is like we don't realize how technology, as much as it's so great and it's helping us connect right now, we don't realize also the impact it has to isolate us. I mean, have you ever noticed how you feel when you're on your device on a continuous basis? I mean, I feel absolutely exhausted. And also, depending on what's on my newsfeed on social media, most of it lately has been quite negative. And this has really got me to think is that, you know, we need to actually start having a look at how are we balancing screen time and FaceTime, especially in our own homes. And why I say this is because I used to be so guilty about this two years ago before I started getting into human connection, is that my two-year-old would tell me at that time, mom, get off your phone, come play with me. And I would get this 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 feeling in my stomach of, of so much, um, I cannot explain it. I was like, it was like a little bit of a hard knock, like a reality check, like, Taryn, you're not present with the people that are around you. You're totally absorbed with this this device in front of you, and um, you need to start being more present. Your daughter needs it. And this is when it hit me. Um, I cannot exp- – yeah, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Is that how many more families are struggling with devices in their homes? Um, have you taken COVID-19 – really as a period to bond with your family again, play board games, um, do creative creative things in the house together, really get to know who your kids are and, and get to really connect with your parents again. And um, and a lot of the times we've, in the first lockdown five, I've heard friends and family who've binged on Netflix and who have started engulfing themselves in this new platform called TikTok. 
and where they haven't actually, they've actually isolated themselves even more, which is causing anxiety and depression with, with one another. So I really do challenge people out there to balance that screen time with regards to FaceTime. Put your phones down in the evenings, connect with your family, really be present with them. I think we've even forgotten how to have um, casual dinner conversations with our loved ones and um, really engage with what's what's on their heart because that's when you can start identifying problem areas or or things that they are struggling with. And um, again, I say neurologically and physically, it's been um, by experts um, research that we need people to connect and to thrive. And if we don't have human connection within our own homes, how are we going to connect with other people out there in society? And again, I say this, human connection feels better health physically, better mental and emotional health. It feels happiness in your life and it feels resilience. So, David, yeah, I do encourage people to embrace technology. I mean, technology is definitely what's going to help us stay connected in this time. However, I I really want to ask people um, to employ tools to keep going at this with regards to using technology to work for us, but bring our humanity and kindness to social platforms and to lead with compassion, not with judgment and bullying of others, but to really, really embrace technology with kindness and empathy for one another. I think you're absolutely correct, Ed, and and that that is the thing. I don't know, over the last while, it seems like social media gives people a license to be their worst selves. And mm-hmm. and there is, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of hate. And I understand, okay, that we've been going through this, this COVID-19 process. I mean, when we started off, our little family here, uh, which is the, the, just the four of us, um, uh, you know, which was all, yay, we're in this together, yay, and we're going to do the baking stuff. And we, go, we, we baked and we did all of those things. And then after a while, it stopped being fun. Mm. And the cracks started to show. And, and we've been through some tough times, huh? And now we've moved through that, and now we're kind of getting into, and, and you know, I thought maybe we're just weird and, and, and we can't deal with it. But research that I've been reading shows that a lot of people have gone through these curves, these ups and downs. Yes. Um, so, yes, yes, from the bottom yeah. of my heart, if you're going to be on social media, be kind. Just be kind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it is what's involved. My special guest is uh, Taryn Lee Cooney. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up uh, with Taryn, and I want to find out uh, what's next. Where is Taryn going next? We're going to find that out when we come back. It is what's involved. And we're back. What's involved it is. It's so good to have you along with us. Uh, our special guest is Taryn Lee Cooney. Taryn, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time out and, and, and having a chat to us. Um, I have to ask, what, where is the little one? I mean, not the little, little one. I know where that one is, but the other little one, because it's very quiet. Very quiet. Yes. In Yes. So <laughs> I must be honest with regards to Zoom meetings and interviews and things like that. It has been quite a challenge as a mother to balance a toddler <laughs> and a household. And I'm sure there's a lot of mothers out there that are feeling the same way. But today um, my daughter's back in school. 
and I've been getting a lot of flack about it, David. I must be quite honest that it's not safe and all of these things. And um, I've done quite thorough research with regards to it. And I know my daughter best and I know that she needed people and, and children around her again. And the school that she is at is absolutely fabulous and is uh, making sure that there are safety precautions being held to the highest um, standards that there are. So she's at school and when I pick her up, at 12:30 in the in the afternoons she is the most happiest girl there is uh, that's what she needed she needed people around her and again it proves again david what i've been um saying the whole time is that even our kids are being impacted by this um, well especially was... especially our kids because Please. um and i've seen some some studies that have come out now is because children are now being told they 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 have to keep that one and a half meter, especially the little ones that one and a half meters 1.8 meters distance wear a mask don't touch and everything it's causing big problems with them as well and also that what they're saying now is that children are, are, are battling to interpret the meaning of things because when they're dealing with somebody else, you can't see the, their whole face. You can only see their eyes. Yes. Which is weird. Yes, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, when, when the teacher came to fetch my daughter at the car, because parents aren't allowed to engage with the teachers, which is only right, is that she actually ran back to me. She didn't recognize her teacher at all. And, um, and and it's these masks. These masks take away from the body language that we're so used to as humans because we engage mostly with our eyes and with our um, gestures and our facial expressions. And um, what this teacher actually did at one stage, she pulled down her mask and said, it's me. It's me. Um, and I cannot tell you how that child just lit up knowing that it was her, her teacher and that she could feel safe again. And our kids are struggling, and this is why it's so important for parents to have those conversations with your children and, and say, just because you cannot hug you, um, another one or you, you can't hug your teacher or a friend does not mean you are not loved. It mm. just means that the world is a little bit upside down right now, and it's going to get better. So it's evoking those emotions of hope and optimism. Even when you don't feel like a parent that there is hope and optimism, um, your kids look up to you. I like to say that you are a glowworm. They idolize you, and they and they are you're a model of 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 how you are handling this COVID nineteen, and they learn everything by what you do. And that is why I was very adamant that my daughter goes back. Look, I must be honest, the first day I took her back, I was in absolute tears. I was a wreck. I wasn't quite certain. Mom guilt kicked in. I wasn't certain if I was doing the right thing. And um, there was a lot of doubt in my head. But I had to I had to step back and realize that this is going to make her resilient. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really help her mental health. And it's going to really help her emotional well-being. And David, after three days back at school, I can tell you how my daughter is just blossoming. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine that 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 would be true. So you had me smiling at the glowworm analogy because I'm sure you know the glowworm, the little glowworm poem, don't you? Yes, I actually do. I haven't heard that one in years. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's going, "What is the, what is the glowworm poem?" Okay. I'm not scared. I'll share it with you. It goes something like this. I wish I was a glowworm because a glowworm is never glum. It's hard to be downhearted when the sun shines out your bum. So there we go. Be a, be a glowworm, man. Be a glowworm. Um, Taryn, before we go, um, your training sort of stuff. Let's touch on it quickly. If somebody wants to find out about, about training, 
um, and what you offer. Just give me a brief synopsis of the kind of training you're offering and are you doing it online now? Okay, thanks. That's fantastic, David. So our heart training development has now totally pivoted to a point where we are focusing on um, enhancing smart skills going into the fourth industrial revolution, which we are going to move into quite fast now due to COVID-19. And these are these um, types of training courses that we offer are based on the top 10 skills that are crucial for the fourth industrial revolution for any employee out there. And that ranges from um, service orientation, which is customer service and sales, all the way to emotional intelligence. That's the highest one on the list, having empathy and understanding one's emotions of, of oneself and others. And then it goes all the way to creativity and innovation and critical thinking and problem solving skills. And we focus on the top 10 skills according to the World Economic Forum going into the fourth industrial revolution. And yes, they are all available online. We also do virtual training, which is quite cool. We also do micro micro learning and blended learning. Um, there's workshops available. There's public workshops available. There's webinars available. Um, all they can do is just check us out on um, a hard training and development. And yeah, they'll find all the details on there, David. Okay, so the website address is www.ahartraining.co.za. That's www.ahartraining.co.za. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, Taryn, if people want to find out about that, they're more than welcome to do it. If you are listening to this wherever you are um, and you're feeling a little down or you, you just need somebody to talk to, whatever the case may be, I'm here. I'm happy to chat to you guys. Um, my email address is david, D-A-V-I-D, at whatsinvolved.co.za, which is W-A-T-T-S. I-N-V-O-L-V-E-D. So that's David at what's involved at CA.ZA. Yeah, been there, done that. So uh, more than happy to help out if I can in any way. Taryn, one last thing before I let you go. What's next for Taryn Lee Kearney? That's a really good question. So I've got a few things up my sleeve with regards to um, World Mental Health Day. That's coming up in October, Mental Health Awareness Day. And I've also got uh, a very awesome women's, I don't know if you know that in August there's Women's Day. We've got a webinar with incredible speakers and prizes to be won, as well as I'm going to start challenging myself to spread awareness about human connection during COVID-19. So people will need to follow me on social media and my username is at Taryn Lee Kearney and they can actually see what's next. I'm quite excited to get a few more people involved. If any, if there are any mental health advocates out there that'd like to assist or anyone passionate about human connection, please do connect with me and let's make the world a better place together. Fantastic stuff. Taryn, thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you, David. I have ab- I had lots of boom chakalaka fun. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. That was my guest, uh, Taryn Lee Kearney. Once again, if you'd like to get hold of her, uh, the email address, or rather the website address, is www.ahartraining.co.za. Coming up next, have I got an interesting guest for you. It's going to be a great night tonight. Uh, so uh, before I say uh, cheers to Taryn, uh, to you and to you, and especially to you, thank you for listening. <laughs>